Hello, everybody. It is Saturday night. Hope you're all doing well. May 21, year 2011. I'm Wong Hughes. And we are here. A few minutes late. Went and got dinner with Dad. 7.33 here on the West Coast. Uh, first of all, what I do is say our prayer. Dear Lord, bless this radio station. Thank you for all the listeners and supporters. Thank you for the opportunity of serving you, Lord. Bless the people who are hungry or going through difficult times financially, whatever that might be in this, in this part of their life. Bless all our friends and the supporters. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Top of the show, Patricia and I are going to feature an interview. And I say, to get people in the mood, let's fire up the famous theme song, right? Bring back a memory about almost 40 years ago. Here we go. Hello, Walden. Hi, everybody. We have a special guest with us tonight, and I'm so excited that we're going to be able to talk with her. It's Mary McDonough. That's a name that you might not recognize immediately, but if I say Erin Walton, you're going to jump up and say, I know who you're talking about. Erin um, was one of the seven Walton children who grew up on Walton's Mountain during the Depression in the early years of World War II. Today, um, Mary is no longer Erin. She uh, continues to be an actress. She's a writer, producer, activist. We need to talk about that. And mentor for people who attend her workshops. And we'll talk about that as well. Mary, we're so delighted to have you tonight. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure. Mary, you have a new book. You know, trying to allow people to be human and allow myself to be the same. And acknowledging that fear sometimes it can put people at ease. Your daughter Sydney is doing well? She is, thank you for asking. Yeah, she's doing really great. She's in college and, you know, she, she deals with all, all of it with grace and charm. Bless her heart. Well, she's got a great mom. We've been talking with Mary McDonough, who was Erin Walton on The Waltons. Um, she has a great book out, Lessons from the Mountain, What I Learned from Erin Walton, and we've been going through these lessons. The book is available at marymcdonough.com, kensingtonbooks.com, all of your traditional places, Amazon, and it's available on Kindle and Amazon, I've, I found out. Barnes & Noble, but you can't get an autographed copy anywhere except from marymcdonough.com. And Kindle doesn't have pictures. Oh, that's right. Pictures. 
That's right. Oh, okay. Well, cross Kindle on your list. <laughs> no kidding. We've got, got to the bookstore and look at the pictures. Yeah, we've we've got to do the paper. I have said forever, please don't take my paper off the shelves. I've got to have something to cuddle up with in, in bed. Well, Mary, you have been an absolute delight. I'm just so pleased that I had an opportunity to meet you and talk with you and make our listeners happy. Oh, thank you so much for having me. What a delight this has been. It's so nice. It's like we're sitting and having a cup of tea. And that's exactly what we're doing. Mary, thank you, and be well. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. We'll make you happy. 
And hello, everybody. And hello, Patricia. Hello, Alden. How are we? Oh, we are fine. We love hearing that. Uh, are we kicked up to a five? Uh-huh. Okay, that's good. Five for anybody who wonders why we toss these numbers around each week. Five is higher than four, which means I hear more sound with a five and a six and a seven. And if he gets to eight, he can blow my brains out. <laughs> yeah, Patricia's not Frank Brzee's level. No, she is not at Frank Brzee's level. Yeah. Seven, one, four. Five four five two zero seven one. We are open for business. We love to have you call in tonight here on Saturday, May twenty first. We are up and running. Well, I have some scary stuff to report. Uh, scary. That doesn't sound like you. Well, it's it's scary. It's oh. scary. I have an email from Harwood from just a little bit ago. No. Yeah. No. Yes. Uh oh. And he said that there was some kind of an official news flash from what he calls the Southern Bureau of Standards. <laughs> I'm quoting now. This will answer a serious question from weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And if it ever comes up in idle conversation again, you will be the smartest person in the group. <laughs> hmm. So I wrote back and said, be nice to me. Do I have to study for this? And he wrote back and said no with an exclamation point. Mm -hmm. I will tell you all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sometime when Harwood girls in tonight, I'm doomed. I am doomed. Hi, everybody. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, 714-545-2071. Give us a call. We are live. First hour or so, we're on tape. Thanks to Mary for being our special guest Thursday. She was what, wonderful. Terrific. What a, what a delightful person to talk with, and she has such great stories, and she did say that when we are able to invite her back, she would like to come back. So I'm looking forward to that. That is good. Patricia Ding. Many more questions about the Waltons. Mary was Erin on the Waltons and grew up on the Waltons. She started that show when she was 10 with the homecoming. Yep. And including the homecoming, we're talking, I believe it's 11 years. I think the show started in 71, something like that. So... Oh, I wrote down the dates, but I don't have them in front of me. Yeah, something like that. 71, 72, whenever they, they shot the movie. Yeah. yeah. Ken Goff knows everything about the Waltons. Maybe he'll <laughs> excuse me, call in and let us know some of the dates. But she went from little kid to grown-up person on that show, which was quite remarkable. And they stayed together as a family. They didn't trade anybody in and say, <laughs> okay, you're too old for the show. We have to get another one in. And it worked. It worked. It, it was works. a wonderful show, and she was a great guest, so we had a good time with her. Terrific. Next Saturday, everybody, just put on the calendar. Patricia will be uh, late because Wong got to play some stuff ahead of her, so Patricia, just in case you haven't taken a note in, in your calendar, you can get to sleep in until 12.30 or so. I get to what? <laughs> So I'll put that on my calendar. Uh huh. Show. All right. Uh huh. <laughs> Patricia gets to sleep until 12:30 a.m. East Coast time. Okay. Or so. I might All call right. early. You never know. Whatever you say. Yeah. Yeah. I guess nobody's listening. Nobody calling. Boy, oh boy, this is terrible. Well, maybe if I tell them what the theme is tonight. We have a theme. We have a theme. They're all worn out from calling us last week. 
Oh, my goodness. Did we have fun last week? Yeah, they picked up the phone and they're tired out. Oh, yes. yes. And I should go get my other list, not just start a new one to keep everybody all together. So while I am doing that, I'm going to tell you what the theme is. Are you ready? Um, Chocolate. 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 Do you like best? Dark chocolate? Uh-huh. Milk chocolate? Uh-huh. Or white chocolate? Uh-huh. Are there other kinds that I miss? Uh-huh. I, there are? Uh-huh. What kind did I miss? Chocolate with nuts? Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, it's going to be a long night, I can tell. Chocolate with strawberries? Uh, chocolate strawberries? I think we're off to a good start. I think we're saved by the bell. I Hello there, caller. You're on the air. Hey, Kevin. Uh, with this Dick Dyer in Iowa. Hi, Dick. How you Dick, doing? How are you? We haven't heard from you forever. How are you doing? Pretty good. Yeah. Hey, I just heard you guys talking about uh, Walt and Dyer's happened to be the co-pilot on the flight we took him up to of Jackson Hole. Oh, really? Were you? I forget what year it was, but it was a long time ago. So you must have had Edgar Bergen on your plane? No. No, no that was after not. him. Okay. But the regular one, Thomas and all them. You know. Uh-huh. How did they do that? Did they just hire a charter flight? How would they do something like that, Dick? How would they arrange to get you as their pilot? Yeah, well, we was Mercer Airlines out of Burbank. Mm -hmm. That's what I worked for. And we were assigned to that trip. So and, you took uh, them up to? We were up there at Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Wyoming, okay. We were up there about a week. Let's talk a little bit about their time in Wyoming. It was winter time. Oh, yeah. I went out to the ranch where they were filming, you know. Uh -huh. I was talking to Thomas, Richard Thomas. I didn't, wasn't familiar with his record or stuff, so I asked him what shows he'd done. He, he told me something about a mountain show, you know, and I, I think he was a little offended. <laughs> <laughs> Like, are you a famous person? What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I was uh, in Sylvia's clothes. He probably didn't even know I was one of the crew members, you know. Yeah. So what would you do for the whole week? Would you go back to Burbank, or would you have to stay up there? Oh, we stayed up there, yeah. It was a pretty good deal. The chief the chief pilot was the captain, you know. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it was an important trip like that. I, would, I took a lot of important trips, but that one was chief pilot thought he'd better do that one. How many did you, how many of the cast members did you have on your flight? Uh, good question. I, I think there was about 60. 60? Six zero? Yep. Six zero, something like that. So you had cast and writers and directors and cameramen and the whole, everybody. Oh, yeah, the whole crew. Wow. Would you carry the camera equipment and stuff like that, or would that go separately? I, I think they had that on the truck. They took that up on trucks and stuff. Okay. But, uh... If the plane went down, they wanted to... the first day to the ranch, you know. But second or third day, I went out there to see what was going on. I guess they were... We saw a few scenes being done, but... It was a regular ranch they had rented, you know. Somebody owned a big ranch. And that's where they did the show. But uh, it's been a long time. I can't remember everything, but... I got it uh, written down in my logbook, you know, when the date and all that stuff. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I couldn't tell you what year it was right now. You remember doing any other things like movies or other TV shows, Dick? Do Anything else rings a bell? 
besides the Waltons? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've done one show for the uh, emergency. Mm-hmm. I flew around there and shut the engine down and looked like we crashed, you know, and then they had an uh, explosion about um, where we'd be, you know. Right. And the camera was about half a mile away, and then big smoke went up, you know, like we had crashed. They said, just stay low and get out of camera range, and then we went on back to Burbank. <laughs> wow. You didn't was have a, to do the real thing. That was really nice of them. Oh, yeah. And uh, that particular co-pilot with me on that trip was a DC-3, incidentally. Uh, he went on, and he was chief pilot when I was hired in over at uh, Hawaii with the DHL. What's so you better DHL? be good to your co-pilot, right? What's the DHL? That was the DHL, the name of the airline. Oh, ah, okay. It was all and cargo over there. So... Uh, that lasted five years, and uh, did you hear about DHL's problems back here in the Midwest, in the United States? They had uh, lost all their package group, you know, like uh, these other companies like Tiger and all that. No kidding. And uh, all those people were laid off back east, some airport where they did all the processing. And it was a sad story. I didn't know about it, but uh, it had happened probably about two years ago. But it was really sad. A lot of those people got laid off, and they didn't have any money and stuff. And I, that was Upjohn was the name of the drug company that owned the company, see? Mm. So they, they owned that part, too. Is Upjohn out of business? Well, they got it overseas only. The... Uh, the company is doing just overseas. The mid, a lot around here, the USA, they just got that out. That's a name I never would have thought of until you tickled my brain. And it's familiar. It's a familiar name, but it, I haven't heard it forever. I never would have come up with it. <laughs> I did take uh, and change the subject. I was, I took uh, Jimmy Doolittle and Chuck Yeager one time on a, one of the flight to uh, out up to uh, they call it a goose hunt. In north northeast California. Wow! They do that every November, and uh, I take uh, Doolittle several times on the DC-3, but this time, well, the last one I remember, we took uh, both of him, Doolittle and Chuck Yeager along, along with a lot of millionaires, you know, and movie people. Uh huh. So they spend a, it was a real estate promotion deal, really. Mm. But I'm sure they do that every year charter an airline. But uh, we had a lot of fun on that trip. Oh, interesting. When I took off with that DC-3 up there, we went a little air, Alturas, California, where it was. It was about six inches of soft snow on the runway. It wasn't too tough to do it, but uh, it was real soft. We got the engines going, we had cleaned off the ice on the windows, and <laughs> on the wings. And I was going around taking some of the snow off with a rope, you know, kind of sawing it off. And General Doolittle come up and he says, Captain, I think there's a little snow there left ice on that left aileron. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> then I took off and we went down to Reading, and, uh, which is about 100 miles west of there or less. And then 
the plane was dripping off with all the snow and ice and stuff, so we gassed up and then went on back to Burbank. But uh, I had another trip one time with Sonny and Shear and uh, Glenn Campbell, Righteous Brothers, you know? Oh, yeah. Glenn Campbell was so poor at the time, he was filling in with the Righteous Brothers, he didn't have a, a case for his guitar. He was carrying it around by the neck, you know? Wow. <laughs> that wow. was before he was famous. Oh, again. yeah. Bless his heart. Dick, I have a DC-3 question for you. Yes. What was the most difficult aspect of flying a craft like that? Well, uh, that's it up not in too the air, much. It's a good, safe airplane. And uh, this, we had several of them. And one of them was an old C-47 from the World War II. You know, uh-huh. Redone. So it had a baggage door, a large baggage door on the left side, and uh, compared to the other ones, like we had one of those American Airlines, and it was a little door on the right side where to get in. And the, the DC-3, I liked airplanes. They're, they're fun to fly. I guess I, I flew them. We used to fly from Burbank to uh, Los Angeles, and then uh, pick up passengers in Los Angeles, take them to uh, San Diego where the uh, Brownfield which is just north of Tijuana. Uh-huh. And then we'd have a bus there. They'd bus the people down to the border, and the, the track people would give them a ticket for the cab on into the track and the entrance to the uh, racetrack. I did that for several years. That was, that was fun. I won $600 one day, and uh, I put it all in my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> That was the best move I ever made, you know, my caps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee. Had a cap doing like that, no, I wouldn't get by for $600. No way. Not today. Not today. No way. When you had Hubert Humphrey at the, um, a passenger, was Secret, yeah. was Secret Service look at the plane over before you ever got on it? I mean, how, what was the, what was the procedure for curing somebody like that? Well, they, they, they even, uh, looked in our bags for bombs and stuff, you know. And, they, and when I went in, we landed at Fresno, mm-hmm. and uh, they ran a telephone line out to the airplane at, at that time. Mm-hmm. Besides all the radios they had, you know, the walkie-talkies. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was kind of interesting. That, uh, I never got, uh, Lauren Green was with him. I never did get to talk to either one of them. Mm-hmm. Lauren Green was, was with up, up front ready okay. to go, you know, what I they were telling me, they're all there two blocks from the airport, we'll get one engine running, and stuff like that. How did Lauren Green get paired up with Hubert Humphrey? Well, I don't know. It must have been a, must have been a Democrat. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't you know I was going to ask these questions? <laughs> <laughs> but Gee whiz. It was, it was quite interesting. Now, I want to go back to the Waltons for a minute. How how long did you spend in Wyoming when you took them there? It was about a week. A full week? What did you do during the week while they were filming? Uh, I don't remember for sure, but I remember being in the restaurant and sitting alongside on the stool with the, the director or the producer of the show, whatever was, talking about that end of it. Mm-hmm. That was quite interesting. Uh, I don't know the cast that much, you know. Did a lot of Western movies. We did Bonanza several times. Fly them with the DC-3. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. We, one time we had uh, we took two DC-3s up to uh, just about 70 miles north of Fresno. That's where they had the uh, scene, the railroad station and all that stuff where they did uh, outside work. And uh, the airport was just short. It was too short for our four engines, so we always used DC-3s going in there. That was the, We did that a lot. I remember one time went out to Kanab, Utah with a Western flight with a load of people, and uh, the yes, producer or director, he wanted to get a picture of Red Barry, you know, and all the cast in front of the door of the airplane, and Barry was a little bit lubricated, I think. So <laughs> he said, out, Red, we're going to take a picture. Oh, I pulled up there, go, get another stop, won't get another job. <laughs> so that's where that went. Oh, my. I love the way you put it, lubricated. This was... <laughs> This was good. Well, Dick, I am just so happy to hear from you because we've been saying, I wonder what happened to Dick Dyer. He hasn't called forever. Truly, you've been on our hoot list. Well, once in a while I catch your show, you know, on the computer, but uh, sometimes uh, don't figure my subject at all, you know. Well, I'm, I'm really happy that you called. Are you in the market for a question? You know I have these questions. Well, I might know it or I might not. <laughs> <laughs> so you you want to take a shot at it? Sure. All right. Let's see if we can find one here. <laughs> what role did William Conrad play in Gunsmoke? Uh, he was a sheriff. What's the sheriff's name? Oh. You can do it. You can do it. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I can just hear him talking. Uh, Can you give me the name of the actor? Well, I can see him, but I can't remember the name. I mean, he was a little short and chubby guy. <laughs> You're right on target. <laughs> I know he played uh, played that a lot. I've heard him on the radio. And that show, we took him out to Pomona, you know where that is, out in Los Angeles? Sure. East, east of Los Angeles. And did the show out there at that Pomona airport. That's a short trip from L.A., but they did the DC-3, took him out there. Well, <laughs> he, he was a big man, so he needed to get... Okay, here here you go. What city was Dragnet set in? Los Angeles. Okay. Oh, See, I that knew was you easy. do it. I was living there at that time. You were what? I was living in Los Angeles in those days. Oh, so you had a connection. Does that count as cheating, Walden? No, but I think actually, Dick, you did sit in and watch some radio shows in person, right? Oh, yes. I saw Jack Benny show one time. He did. I tried to think, you know, what the star was or who mm-hmm. it was. I can't remember. But I remember it was right on Sunset Boulevard at the old CBS studio where they did the show. But I remember Don Wilson was reading a commercial for cigarettes, and somebody was standing there blowing smoke in his face. <laughs> he couldn't hardly talk. Oh, dear. That was kind of funny. <laughs> I am really impressed. Did you uh, have an opportunity to watch any others being recorded or sure. broadcast? Lucy, I saw Lucy's show one time. Carol Burnett. Uh-huh. Um, t- Carol Burnett's show down at Television City and Red Skelton's show down there at the Television City. How cool. Tell me about Red Skelton. I tell you, d- during the breaks or commercial, what do you want to call it, he kept right on doing things for the audience didn't care whether he was on the air or not. He did a lot of things 
while they were on so-called break. So he really was an audience person. I did yeah, not know that. Do you know that, Walden? Well, I knew in the radio day he was so nervous, he, after the show was over, he gave an after show just for the audience, for free. Sure. He's devoted. I'm here in Iowa, and I, I remember people around here telling me he was down here for the, the Clay County Fair one mm -hmm. time. And the day before, he was downtown Spencer, Iowa, just walking around like we would, you know, just to get a little flavor of the local town. Uh-huh. So that was kind of unusual for a star like that. Mm -hmm. Did people recognize him right away? I think so. I, of course, I wasn't here at that time, but they still remember that. Oh, that's cute. You know, it's such an unusual thing to happen. People sometimes say, you know, he looks just like Red Skelton. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and not realize that right away that it is Red Skelton, the person or whoever is walking down the street. I got some of his shows on tape, you know. It's pretty huh? good. Uh, I, oh, I took a Lawrence Welk show one time. They called it the best of the Lawrence Welk show, you know, when he went off the air for a while. Right. Or they didn't think they was going to have a job, so they went promoted for uh, weekend tours working. So uh, Mar Marlon Florin was in charge. Mm -hmm. Lawrence wasn't along, but they was calling it the best of the Lawrence Welk Orchestra. I had uh, Guy and Rona, you know, and Bob and Sis, you know. And, right. And... Uh, Rona was real nice. She talked to me all the way from the airport into town. Real nice person. But her husband, Guy, Guy Govis or whatever, I didn't care too much for him. <laughs> no wonder she got divorced. <laughs> and Myron, of course, he's dead. Yeah. He was good cordial. Okay to say, right? <laughs> he was a nice guy. Yeah. I talked to him, you know, make when he wanted me to do something. Uh huh. Tell me what time to be there and all that stuff. So, you are, I guess uh, there's others, but I, won't, I couldn't remember all of them. <laughs> you've had some really wonderful experiences, and I did not know that. How come you've kept it such a good secret? Uh, well, probably a lot of people do worse or more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anybody who sat in front of Don Wilson and watched somebody blow smoke in his face. I think that's a one-timer. <laughs> Yeah, that that show. I went to California in '53, uh, so that show was sometime yeah, '53 or later. Uh huh. Maybe '54. I'm not sure. Wow. But uh, was it radio or television you you saw? That was radio. It was radio. One of okay. the last. I'm You're sure. too much, Dick. What I can send you some shows now because you squeezed out an answer for me. What kind of shows would you like? Hmm. Well, I, you know, I like the mysteries. You sent me some good ones one other time. Okay. Like suspense and escape and stuff like that. I, I like all that kind of stuff. Okay. I'll put together some goodies. Well, you know, uh, Kevin, uh, when they used to have those shows on uh, Frank's show, about an uh, hour and a half show, what do you call it, used to be on years ago. Yeah, the Golden Days of Radio. Uh -huh. One of those shows that they you played a new one every week. Remember that, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to have that some of them done again. Are those the ones that I have? I tell Frank that. <laughs> sure. Well, then I, I have um, a set of shows that were Golden Age of Radio, the interview shows. Right, but I think he's also thinking of Frank Bazee's Golden Days of Radio. Those are up there as a podcast. So I know we can get them, Dick. If you want Patricia to go to our podcast site, we can get them for you. Well, you remember, you remember those shows. 
Well, that lady's name that did the, she was in charge. But I didn't hear that show at all when I was, you know, for life. But that was very interesting when, when you and Frank were playing those. I'm trying to think, um, I'm trying to think which one it would be, Dick. It hit the, uh. Frank still got him on, uh, on tape, or you probably have. I probably got him now. That's what I'm trying to figure out which one it could be. It, it, it hit the, uh. Oh, it hit the Hollywood Radio Theater? No. No? It was a lot of stars were on one show, you know. Oh, at the Big Variety Show. There you go. The Big, big... Oh. Big show? Yeah, no, like the big... Frank used to have the Christmas specials. Well, this was... And he would have the Halloween special, the Big Variety Shows. But this show was a, a regular show every week or something. Oh, the Big the Show. half show. Oh, the Big Show. Tallulah Bankhead. Yeah. yeah. I like those. Yeah, okay, those. Patricia can get those. Right. Yeah, Patricia can send those to you. Yeah, I have that one. They were fun. That was fun. I that. have that because Ron in Hawaii sent them to me. So I've I've got them, and that's with Tallulah Bankhead, and they were an hour and a half. That's right. Frank ran a whole year of those. Yeah, that's the lady I was trying to think of, yeah, Tallulah. Tallulah. She was the head of it. That's right. She that was is correct. Okay, I can guess. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about Hawaii. I, I lived in Hawaii for five years. That was the best. <laughs> you liked well, it, huh? It never gets below 60 there. I'm with me. And I'm here in Iowa, you know, what we have. <laughs> <laughs> People say, how come you're living here in Iowa? How come you live you in Iowa? live in Hawaii. You say, well, there's a little matter of money. It'll work. And it's a lot higher now than it was then when I was there. Agreed. How's the weather in Iowa? You're getting a lot of rain the last month or so? What, what's the weather been like? It's it's uh, off and on, you mm-hmm. know. I emptied the thing yesterday with an inch and a half. So, mm. But it's it was raining a little while ago here. But uh, nothing we can't handle. Too much. Wow. <laughs> well, I better get off. I think I'm overdoing it here. No, you are not at all. And you really gave us some great goodies to, to talk about. I will get some big show with Tallulah out to you. Um, you have to give me a little bit of time. I'm behind on my CDs. I'm working on them this weekend. So I will get them out to you. Oh, you do great, Patricia. I enjoy you, guys. Thank you, Dick. It really is very nice to hear from you. We've been worried about you. <laughs> Thanks, Patricia. I get on email or on the uh, computer once in a while, but uh, I listen whenever I can, you know. Sure. Glad. I like to listen once in a while when you guys are on, but sometimes I conk out, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. A lot of people do. We're on kind of late. I agree. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll say good night. And oh, okay, Dick. Thank you. for listening. Good night, Dick. night. Bye-bye. That was fun to have Dick Claus. That was Dick Dyer, who is one of... Yesterday, USA's honest-to-goodness, long-time people. And long, it's so nice to hear from him. We long, haven't heard from him for a long time. Long-time supporter. He gives us goodies. He'll send me stuff in the mail. Really a nice man. Hello, there. You're on air. Yeah, it's Kurt from La Habra. How you doing, Kurt? Hi, Kurt. Uh, doing okay. Good. Um, I just wanted to let you guys know, I, I sent an email to Patricia, but that the, um, the uh, suspense are up on the, uh, in the archive. Yes, oh, I and I I do thank you. And I I downloaded the whole set and the sound overall is quite good. I mean, um, they really have gathered the the best sound of a lot of those shows. They really have upgraded them. That's good news. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you do it. And and the thing is, I um, 
I know I, I know a couple of years ago I had put out some money on a couple of different sets. Mm -hmm. And so it's nice to have all these in, like I said, in the best sound they can find. That's great. And uh, it's... I, I just don't know, you know, it, it, it st still seems so strange to me that that one show, The Search, you know, they can only find uh, three quarters of. They, they're missing the first, uh, first disc, I guess. And, um, you know, nobody, uh, nobody has the beginning of that show. Hmm. And there's, of course, a couple of the early shows that are the beginning only. And, uh, which, you know, that's... How peculiar. Well, what happened, some of those shows, like Suspense, they would put those on two transcriptions. Right. Uh -huh. And so if they're missing one of the two transcriptions, we only have half the show. Right. But I'm, I, you know, I'm surprised that some of the ones that, I mean, you know, that they did find as good a sound as they found on a lot of them. Because yeah. Because there are, I mean, so many different shows and uh, so many, you know... And of course, w once you hear those, you realize how much degradation went into uh, what most people end up buying from, you know, well, you know and I, getting on MP3s in that series. Yeah, I, and also I think the masters are coming to be easier to easier to find. So if people are patient, we'll eventually get those stuff upgraded and eventually shared throughout the hobby. Yeah, you know, it, sure, it sure would be nice. But like I said. Um, for anybody that likes that show, yeah. and that's one of the first shows that I ever collected. Mm. And for anybody that wants that show to go up to the archive and get it, uh, if you have the time and the facilities, you know, uh, it's it's five DVDs worth, 29 CDs worth, um, because they're using a, a pretty high bit rate, I suspect. And it's probably, what, 900 shows or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's over 900. Yeah. And, but like I said, 29 CDs worth, and... Um, so it's very much worth your time going up there to, if you're at all interested in that show. Yeah. It's a great place. Um, I, w I was calling to find out. Now, you guys are, you, you two are on Saturdays, right? Right. And then the Bill Bragg show is pretty much scheduled to be an hour and a half? Correct. And what, what time slot are you scheduled for? Well, Bill runs on the West Coast. Bill runs Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 7.30 to 9. Right. Walden had the freedom to go six hours minimum, sometimes more. So I will go from 7.30 until 3 o'clock in the morning. Okay. Fridays. Yeah. Yeah, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Walden, Walden, because nobody's watching the store. Right. Walden can go out and play. I see. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Walden and I do Saturdays at 10.30. Unless Walden has something to preempt me, like next week. Yeah, like I played the, the show from Colorado. Uh, the the Colorado the old time radio club from Colorado sent me a monthly show. Uh -huh. So I played them before Patricia or some some special. Yeah, so it will be together like between twelve and twelve thirty Eastern. So between nine and nine thirty your time. Yeah, but generally we I we go from about seven thirty until three in the morning. Well, of course, you're doing a great job, and uh, I just, you know, want to thank everybody. I just want to, I, and I suppose, you know, we should certainly thank Bill for giving you guys the, the rain to play on yeah, true. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's true. That, uh, Bill is very good about uh, giving me the creative freedom to do things that is not done, and he he trusts us. Right. You know, and, that, and that's, that's a nice confidence, you know. I, uh, yes, you know, yes. Yeah, so he, he'll trust, uh, and so we get to play. 
Well, I just wanted to thank you guys, but I wanted to let you know because, like I said, I've been waiting for like a month for that show to show up because I knew it was coming because yeah. I got a note that there was going to be a distro of it, and I you know, don't like to really handle distros because I have to get my you know wife to label the envelopes and do all that kind of stuff. Right. And that's that kind of a pain. So. You bet. But it is very much worth anybody's time to go up there and get any of the OTRR uh, series. Mm-hmm. So, but the uh, and of course you know that the one for the firefighters has some errors in the where the titles don't match up with the shows. I have noticed that. Oh, good grief! Oh, well, it happened. Although it's an interesting, I mean, that's a very interesting. It, that was an interesting series. Yeah. Um, meant mostly for kids, but still, right. you know, with stuff that uh, is still of interest today. You bet. So anyway, keep up the, the good work, guys. I'll be listening. But, Thank you, Kurt. Uh, okay, Kurt. Kurt? Yes. Still with us? Oh, yeah. I'm still looking for your missing in action shows. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. I'm, I, like I said, I just, you know, I know you're busy, and, and nobody has as much time as they would like for anything, and, you know, nobody realizes that more than I do. So. Would you like to take a shot at another question, and I can send you something in the meantime? Sure. All right. Um, which show set in the Old West starred Jimmy Stewart as Britt Ponsett? The Six Shooter. Yes. Right. Okay. <laughs> that, that was not an easy one. Oh, wow. Okay. So what kind of show do you think might make your ears happy? Uh, do you have much uh, horror or uh, I don't I just I have oodles of horror. Okay. You like horror? That's a great book title, don't you? <laughs> of horror? Yeah, I kind of like that. Okay. Actually, it sounds kind of like a dish, doesn't it? Noodles <laughs> yeah. of horror with sauce. Noodle, noodles and horror. For yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, just whatever. I mean, I, I'm sure I'll enjoy it, you know. I'll put together a bunch of different shows. Sounds cool to me. Okay. And I will be right. listening and, and keep up the good work, guys. Oh, great. Thank you. You're terrific. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. 714-545-2071. We're off and rolling. We love your call. 714-545-2071. You have to call because this is how Patricia and I get paid. We get, That's right. We get, paid, by the, we get paid by the call. So We get extra zeros. Every time a phone call comes in, we get an extra zero. So if you really love us, give us a call. Hello there. You're on the air. I want, I want to hear Walden laugh again. <laughs> There you go, Ralph. You got it. How you guys doing? We're doing fine. What are you doing? Oh, uh, nothing much. Weed whacking and such. Uh, we did finally get the boat out the other day. Did it sink? No, thank no? goodness. <laughs> We're all here to talk about it. You get our babies? Were you ever on a boat that oh, sinks? Oh, what the hell? Get him out of here. <laughs> did, you, did you get our babies yet? No. Uh, my heart is broken. They're on hold, but I got a couple of adult chickens. You have a neighbor. You have grown-up chickens? Yeah. Where did you get them? Oh, my, my neighbor had some. Oh, come on, Leah. That's, that's a terrible. Sorry about that. That's okay. What was it? Uh, that's a rooster going by. <laughs> Naughty. Oh. oh, oh no, impossible. 
I'm having fun with bells here tonight. I, w- I went to a garage sale today and bought three bells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And we're we're. No, I don't want to know. I'm not going to ask. Well, they're, they're really nice chrome-plated bells. They they, they come <laughs> off. I guess they're made for a boat. What what are you using them for? Well, I try to keep track of Tony. <laughs> That's one. And then we we have the the two uh, chocolate labs. I, I can keep track of them too. That's that's enough. But then you don't have one. No, I'm 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 kind of in charge of the bells. Okay. <laughs> you're, well, you're the bell free person. They really work good. Isn't it? <laughs> My goodness. Who's and, that, uh, Tony? I'm sorry. Did that Tony ring her bell? Who's ringing her bell over there? She, she rings my bell. <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that was me. I'm just playing with the bell here. You're a good person. Well, I have I have something coming your way this week. I spent oh, I spent a portion of my day today finishing up your collection of shows. If you sit down and start listening to these, now each each show has about four. Okay. It's like a Whitman sampler. And I got you, yeah. If you listen to all of them, you'll never be back. Really? I mean, yeah. I looked at how many are in there, and I thought, you know, this is pretty cool. If you don't like ones with caramel centers, you can leave them aside. And if you like the solid chocolate ones, you can have uh, them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. I'm... I'm going to save one for me. <laughs> I, li- I like the chocolate-covered nuts. Yeah. Peanuts, cashews, that sort of thing. Yeah, right, the chocolate-covered nuts. That does yeah, the creams, I don't, I don't go for them. Good, I'll have them. I'll have them. All right, well, the question tonight is, do you like dark chocolate, milk chocolate, or white chocolate? I forgot. I really to... prefer, uh, like, milk chocolate or light chocolate. Milk chocolate? Okay. There used to be a... Uh, a little candy factory in San Jose. Huh? And somebody says, I need chocolate. And, and I used to stop there when I was out on my uh, my route and pick up such things as chocolate-covered strawberries. Ooh. They had them in, in a variety of chocolates. Ooh. And it was great. You know, as soon as they were in season, I'd start going there. And... Uh, Tony and my daughter both worked in our in our business, and when I when I came in with the uh, strawberries, I was popular. <laughs> oh. I loved that, but my my favorite was chocolate covered cashew nuts. No, I'll have the truffles with the fillings, the chocolate fillings. Yeah, yeah. I, I would Everybody. have them. I would have them. Those are good. I have some chocolate facts. You do? Uh-huh. In, in the grand scope of things, in the pounds per person consumption of chocolate, where do you think the United States falls? Mm, we're probably about third. We're number 11. Wow. Isn't that terrible? I was thinking 10, yeah. Who's eating all that chocolate? Probably France. Uh, number one is Switzerland. Switzerland, yep. Okay. Ah, 
Number two, Austria. Mm -hmm. And then it goes Ireland, Germany, Norway, Denmark, United Kingdom, Belgium, Australia, and Sweden. Well, how far are we from the bottom of the list? We <laughs> stopped at the United States because we were number 13. I think that's embarrassing. Can you imagine the top, the, the top eight are all European countries? Yeah. That's amazing. Right. And Sweden, it consumes 13 pounds per person per year. Ooh. And the United States is 12 pounds per person per year. And I want to I know if they're talking grown-ups or total population. Yeah, I would wonder. I, I, I probably don't eat a pound in a year. Yeah, I know. I don't eat any. Well, that's not true. I, I can get the sugar-free stuff. But um, number 11, I think that's embarrassing. We ought to do something about that. Well, if you send me a couple pounds of chocolate, I'll eat it. I, I was hoping it would be sort of the other way around. Oh, I see. <laughs> I wonder what the number one, how many pounds the number one country eats. Uh, Switzerland, 23 pounds per person. Wow. Mercy, that's a, wow. Lot, of, that's a lot of chocolate. Wow. That's a lot of chocolate. Now, if you eat 23 pounds of chocolate, you will gain 123 pounds. <laughs> I, I don't, I never could figure that out. Not very well, but... Anyhow, let's see what else. Um, milk chocolate still reigns supreme. 65% of the United States chocolate fans prefer it, but it doesn't say how the rest of it is broken up. Though so the last I heard or the last I read, only about 10 Uh, trying to figure out what my favorite uh, candy bar was, and I, I come up with Baby Ruth. Oh, that's a great qu question. Who was Baby Ruth named after? Baby Ruth was named after one of the president's daughters. Correct. Um, really? Okay. Yep. Which one? Oh, I'm, I'm halfway there, Walden. Yes, you are. You're, you're almost there. I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harding. Um, no. Not Roosevelt, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Um, I give up. The, I, I believe it's the president that was elected two unconsecutive terms. Well, who is it? Grover Cleveland's daughter. Cleveland. I believe it's Grover Cleveland's daughter right. that, 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 sounds right. that the baby roof was named after. Yeah. Well, I got halfway. Mm -hmm. Do I get a half a prize or something? You get a half. You get the peanuts. I get a half a. I don't want peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Gee whiz. Well, I mean, the baby roof made out peanuts. So I mean, I mean, I think Ralph wants the chocolate, but. Well, uh, no. I no? mean, you can have the candy bar. That's got lumps in it. That's true. I don't want lumps. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Didn't you eat your ice cream, the last batch of ice cream? Didn't that have lumps true. in them? This is true. I made an exception. It was on sale. It was pretty good oh, too. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so you're a Baby Ruth kid. Yeah, that, that's about my favorite. You're a Baby Ruth kid, all right, and a milk chocolate kid. Yep. Neither of which I can send you, but you want a question anyway? Yeah, I, lo I love a question. All right, you're so good about this. Um, um, who was...
was the only person who knew the shadow's real identity? Uh, Margo Lane. Very good. I'll put in extra shows on your on your. It, this, we're up to. There you go. <laughs> a big DVD here. We stopped at the CDs. We're up to. We're up to about four four CDs worth on this one. You, you know, it came to my mind the other night. I was listening to the Shadow. Yeah. And you, you know how um, the Lone Ranger and the Green Hornet had the same last name. Right. Yeah. I was wondering if there was any relationship between Margot Lane and Lois Lane on Superman. Oh, that's a good that one. No, it's never been, um, never been a connection. Actually, you know how Margot Lane, who was, who, who was she named after? No, I don't know. She just passed away this year. Her name is Margot Stevenson, who was a Broadway actress. Uh, and they wanted to get her for the radio show, but she was tied up in a Broadway show. So... They wrote the show, named it Margot Lane, uh, so she missed the first year in 37, but she came available the second year, so the second year, she played the character she was named for. I'll be turned. Yeah. That's amazing. That is amazing. He's full of such stories. We should just let him go. We could go have a snack, Ralph, and <laughs> back and he'd still be talking. Yeah, she almost made it to age 100. Really? Yeah. Bless her heart. Mm -hmm. Was she healthy? Yes. Till the last two years, she was bedridden. Mm -hmm. She was bedridden the last two years. But I, at age 94, I saw her perform back at FOTR. I'm happy. Yeah, okay. 96 with her daughter. Okay, so, that's fine. Yeah. I can deal with mm -hmm. I can deal with that. Yeah, we, we, uh, we used to get to Broadway shows from time to time when we lived back east. Huh? And, and I, I like to think of the people that we actually saw in person. You remember any right off the bat? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Mary Martin and Carol Channing. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, Carol Channing's still going strong. They were in the same show. Uh, it was called Legends, I think. Wow. And they were, they were really good together. And who else? Um, I, uh, I went to a Carol Channing in Hello Dolly about over 10 years ago, and she still can knock it down. You know, she, yeah. her personality is just. Ooh. You know that there's a street in San Francisco named after her family? I did not know that. Carol Channing. Huh. Huh. Okay. Was it really named after her? It was named after her family, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was named after her specifically. I think it's I think it's really fun that Carol Channing, uh, here in her late eighties, early nineties, she just married her high school sweetheart. I know, I love it. I just just now. <laughs> yes, now within the last two, two years ago. Was about two years ago. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Love waits. <laughs> Love waits. Yeah. So, um, Ralph, I, I have to ask you, does this mean, because you've got grown-up chickens now, does that mean you're not going to get any babies? No, not unless, uh, not unless they produce on their own. We're, uh, we, we decided that we've got too many other things to do to, to go through the brooding stage. But... Uh, 
whenever that officer comes by, you you can, you can hear him. Well, he has his own bell. <laughs> I I loved your title. He sent me an email that was titled No Bell Peace Prize. No N O Bell B E L L. That was right. really good, Ralph. That was really good. Mm-hmm. You get two points for that one. But that was good, but I really like Pulitzer Prize. Yes, the Pulitzer Prize. That was good. That was good. <laughs> you get a line for that. So now, seriously, is one of those chickens named Patricia? No. Good. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to ask you something, and before I name a chicken after you... <laughs> I want to know what 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 color hair you have. Maybe I could get one with the same color hair as you, uh, or the same color feathers as your hair. Now, excuse me. If it's not a baby chick, yeah, I prefer not to be named or, or have an have an old chicken named for me. <laughs> you don't want to be uh, thought of as an old chicken, eh? <laughs> named for me. If it's a baby, I have very dark brown hair. Dark brown hair, okay. Dark, yes. Something like a, um, well, Rhode Island Red, that's kind of brownish, but they, they're beautiful chickens. <laughs> well, they might be beautiful chickens, but I don't have red hair. No. A brown chicken. I have to look for a brown chicken, <laughs> a chick. Or a, a black, is there such a thing as a black chicken? Oh, God, is it, you know, I looked them up on the Internet. There are so many chickens out there, so many different breeds from different countries. It's amazing. Well, I'd like to be an American chicken, if it's all right with you. Well, you know, you got to start out as, if you don't want no adult chicken thing, well, you got to start out as a chick. No. So I guess we'll have to say Patrice is a... Brown-haired chick? She is a chick. Yeah. A chick. Yeah, that's good. I can be a chick. You like chick? Sure, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think we lost Walden. Yeah, no, he's there. I know he's there. Yeah. Yeah, He's he's still hanging. Never misses misses anything. Uh No, he doesn't. He doesn't. So, Ralph, you never had a boat that ever sank on you? I think he ignored that. I know. I just wanted to go back to that. <laughs> a boat that, Do you ever have a one that sunk? Yep. Uh, no. Okay. No. Uh, I saved the boat from sinking once. You did? Yes. How did that happen? I remember that. Yeah. We were down at the, uh, at the boat ramp. And this guy backed his brand new boat in and floated off the trailer, and it started to sink. He hadn't put the drain plugs in the boat. Are you familiar with drain plugs? Oh, I am. Sure. Yeah. He had the drain plugs out, so I had to go in the water and kind of plug up the drains with my fingers until he got the plugs. (laughs) He was so lucky you were there. Love it. I, I, um, we spend more time uh, watching people at boat ramps 
I'm doing it's silly stuff. It's almost like a comedy show. Yep, they do silly stuff. The ones that don't know what they're doing, my God. <laughs> they, they get in, in more messes. They don't know how to back up the trailer. They don't know how to put the boat on the trailer. And if you got nothing else to do, it's a great place to sit and watch. It's great people watching. <laughs> yes. But the best place was the New York City subway. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Why, they have boats at the subway? No. no. We, had, we had one of everything at the subway. I don't think boats, though. <laughs> Just people watching. It was great. I used to sit back in the corner and just survey the whole place. What about the most interesting thing you saw on a subway? King Ralph. I saw a guy, it was St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. And I guess it was back in the 50s. Anyhow, this guy had a long stocking cap on and a, a pair of skis he was carrying, and he had the ski poles. And I don't know where the dickens he was going. <laughs> there was no snow around New York at that time. But I, I, he was, um, he looked like an Ichabod Crane, if you know what an Ichabod oh, Crane yeah. is supposed yeah. to look like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, very, was he going up to 125th to get a bus north? He, he was very tall and gawky and had a huge Adam's apple in the... <laughs> Kind of reminded me of Marty Feldman oh, gosh. <laughs> in the eye area. He's <laughs> I think he's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Was he going up to 125th to get a bus? I don't know where he was going. We were, like, heading for Midtown Manhattan. Oh, gee, he was in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was, because we were going to the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Yeah. When that was before Tony and I were married, my God, that's just a long time ago. I wonder if he ever made it to where he was going. I I, I don't know. I, I wish I'd asked him. Where, where, where do you think you're going? Uh, yeah, I just thought it was a, a very strange. Uh, I think that's yeah, that's the oddest person I ever saw on the subway. That one qualifies as peculiar. Yeah, it was very strange. Very strange. Very strange. Well, okay, I will continue to put together your package. It might need um, a, a pony. It'll need a pony to get out there. There's so much on there. I'm so happy. I'm finding all of this stuff. There's got to be something on there to make you smile. Yeah, I just put myself in your hands, and I know I'll get something nice. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, no no naming the chickens yet, okay? Won't happen. You, you'll be informed before anything <laughs> like that. Thank you so much. Thank All right, you. bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Patricia, going to have to sign a birth certificate, I guess. A chicken certificate, yeah. right? <laughs> All right, folks. All right. Nice talking with you. You too, Al. Always nice. Well, good evening. Calling. Bye. -bye. 714-545-2071 is our hotline number. You can call and talk to Patricia. It's even our cold line number. I know. It's cold or hot. We serve it any way you like it. Any way you like. Mm -hmm. We have chocolate theme. What do you like best? Dark chocolate, milk chocolate, white chocolate, 
And I think those are the only three, unless you turn Walden loose and he'll drizzle strawberries and everything else on it. So is Hershey the number one brand of chocolate in the, in the world? I don't know. How about chocolate syrup? Is that, would that count? Well, it's still either dark chocolate or milk chocolate. It comes in various forms. It's the flavor of dark or, or milk chocolate I'm asking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't believe me, do you? I do. I'm just trying to think if there's another way I can come up with another chocolate. Hello there, you're on the air. Yeah, it's Kurt again. You reminded me of something talking about the shadow. Yeah. Uh, last night you played a shadow, and I was very surprised to hear Ralph Bell in one of those shows. Yeah, true, yes. Because the, what surprised me was I always thought that because the shadow actors did, were not the usual New York stable of actors that he was a part of. And so I was very surprised to hear him in that show. It was. Uh, it also got me. We must have had a KHJ air checks. Uh-huh. Because they were always talking about uh, Don Lee, mutual Don Lee. And it was an interesting uh, break, but you're right. Uh, I'm anxious to see Martin's book. Cause he, went out, he, he had access to all the scripts. And I imagine they would put interesting cast members... On the side, it's gonna. I need to talk to him sometime about that. Who, who else did he get cash credits for? But cause, you know, that was that was almost like a freelance show. They used freelance writers. They had, as you said, Kurt. They had diff, Ralph Bell was not one of your typical actors. You were here. No, not at all. You know, and I, which got me thinking. Yeah. I wonder. I mean, because I, I told you last week that I had been listening to a lot of the uh, Eternal Light shows. Correct. And I got I got to wondering if how these actors I mean I mean I'm sure they they were all you know a lot of them were good friends, but I wonder on a show you know like the Eternal Light which mm -hmm. was basically a more serious right. show I mean you know how you know because all these actors you know Alexander Scorby yeah. Norman Rose and a lot of these the the New York actors yeah. Um, you know I wonder how they got along and and how a show like that. You know, because it was usually so serious. So basically, a lot of them got on very well. Uh, the, the nice thing about in radio, very few people had agents. So the actors generally knocked on the doors, the directing doors that they weren't called. If maybe a, a director started forming a home stock company, they knew they had a job. But a lot of them, because they spent so much time, they were so sure and go have meals. That's why... If many radio personalities I've talked to, or I'm are just down to earth, normal people who, uh, who basically felt radio was a family and they treated it that way. When it got to TV or film, it was a different ball game. Right. Well, you know, as a blind person, mm -hmm. listening to the a lot of the books that were recorded by uh, the uh, the uh, the foundation. Right. As opposed to the American Printing House, of course. Yeah. A lot of them used the the New York actors. Of Co course, did yeah, Alexander Scorby did a ton of those. Oh, Scorby did, yeah. and well, Norman Rose. Norman Rose. Ralph Bell actually read a lot of books. Yeah. And a lot of these people, I and, mean. And you know that, and that was all volunteer stuff. They did not get paid for that. Yeah, and and uh, Robert Donnelly, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you didn't hear all that much really in the in in radio or at least i didn't hear no. a lot of his stuff no i'm thinking the, i was thinking the the guy who read wrote read john dunning's book larry um robinson uh, or uh, oh i'm trying to think of he was a west pretend radio actor you know a lot of those guys 
uh, with great voice and they donated their time right. to people. Right. Well, and, and you know, and, and like I said, listening to a a show uh, like Eternal Light, yeah. and I mean, these these actors were so versatile, and just so you know. But I anyway, I was just so surprised to hear Ralph Bell in a Shadow because yeah. I've been listening to the Shadow for years, and I just never associated him with that show. And it's, so it's I, I was very surprised to hear that, and uh, I was really uh, glad that you played it. You're welcome. And I know uh, Martin would tell me they have discovered an, another whole season. The 1949-1950 season is available down at the Library of Congress. And so for many years, well, I've thought the last six years was gone. The last eight years are gone. Very few. But the whole season down there, so hopefully somebody will pull the resources and get those out. Yeah. And, and we get more shadows out. Well, keep up the good work, guys, and um, I was glad to hear that Norman Corwin is still, um, he actually sent me a, um, a birthday card. I had written him for something, and he sent me a birthday card, but my, my computer died, and I lost a lot of that email, uh, one of which was his, his card. Uh. Uh, you know, he was such a, an incredible writer and such a, had a, such a way with, with words and with images and and you know when you listen to some of those um that window wilkie that tour that he did yeah yeah if you listen to some of those yeah uh, especially about the the show about egypt right uh it was very prescient as far as what it tells you about i mean you know listening to it today is a little bit scary yeah because it fits so well and things have not changed Mm -hmm. much in in you know the fifty years or whatever since, since that's, that show. That, that's uh, Norman's agent. That's one of his goals to put to release the whole One World Fight box set. That'd be a very interesting observation to see how. Uh, because the, yeah, there because there were a couple three missing shows right. of that, but it was a very interesting series. And like I said, um, he was very well suited for what he did, and just is. He was one of the real pillars yeah. of uh, of radio. He was made for radio. Yes, he was. He really was. Yes, he was. And if you want to go to the other extreme, you have Arch Obler, Yep. who I've heard awfully strange things about. <laughs> well, my favorite story. Um, I'm trying to think of the gentleman. Oh, Arch Obler had a house built by Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh-huh. Custom-built house in Hollywood. Well, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright generally traveled with a posse, a group of guys. Yeah. He came to visit Arch Ober once, and uh, they were sitting at the patio, and Frank Lloyd Wright told his guy to go tear down that fence. He had, Arch Ober had a whole fence around his house. They went and knocked it down. Ober said, why did, are you doing that? Frank said, well, I think it looks better. And Archie had to agree after they tore it down. Yes, <laughs> one of my favorite stories of Archie Albert. Yeah, you have to wonder. <laughs> you have to wonder. You know what? What? Yeah, that must have been rather strange uh-huh. for Archie. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and you know, like I said, there really ought to be apparently a biography of Archie Obler because uh, apparently he was a very strange. Very, very unique. I know some guys have been working on it, trying to get the permissions. I know uh, guys have been trying to dig up the research to get it figured out right. And uh, um, 
you know, in fact, Steven Spielberg's very first uh, TV movie, the, the very first thing he ever, he got sued by Arch Olberg. Ah. Uh, Olberg, if people may or may not recall, it was it was based upon the duel. It was the it was the show where I'm trying to think of the gentleman who played McCloud. Yeah, Fritz Weaver. Uh, Weaver, Dennis Weaver. Dennis Weaver. It being chased by a truck where you never see the driver. And Ober sued Steven Spielberg because he, he believed that was a premise from his radio show. Uh, but uh, Ober lost the case. Well, there, yeah, but you also have to realize that Richard Matheson wrote, I believe, wrote that original story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think that's where Spielberg based it on. Probably right, Matheson's yeah. Matheson's story. Right. And, this, and so that being the case, I can see why he lost the case. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I just like I said, the, the the Ralph Bell thing, the shadow thing, reminded me of that. But I was so surprised uh, because it, it, I'm so used to hearing this kind of the same bunch of actors on the shadow. Oh, that right. was just a, a very big surprise. Yep, that's true. Anyway, I will let you go. Thank you, Kurt. Maybe we'll get some more calls. But I was just really uh, interested about that. Terrific. Okay. Thanks so much. Hey, Kurt. Bye. Seven one four five four five two zero seven one. Give us a call. We love talking about anything that you might be interested in talking about. The One World project that Norman Corwin was involved in Correct. sent him overseas, and he went over there with an unusual, an unusual proviso. The um, I, he was under contract to what CBS? He was under contract, and he want Wendell Wilkie. For those who may or may not know was a Democrat. He was in uh, then he decided to run as a Republican against Roosevelt in the 1940 election. He ran a very interesting campaign and became a well-known statesman who you would hear him on information please in every show, very likable gentleman, uh, was well respected and he always tried to figure ways to try to to stop us from being having wars, and he passed away in 1944. In his honor, uh, they put together a scholarship, a, a foundation, a scholarship. And in March of 1940, uh, Norman Cohen was the first one to receive the endowment. And part of the endowment, he got to travel around the world to visit all these countries. And CBS provided him with a, a, a tape recorder. And a sound engineer. And this was the first time Norman got a chance to travel all over the world and record interviews and his, and his thoughts of visiting all the countries around the world. Mm-hmm. Came home and put together a whole radio series in 1947 for CBS called One World Flight. One World. It was the One World, the Wendell Wilkie, this is hard to say, Wendell Wilkie One World Award. Yes. Boy, you get that one out. Norman just came out with a book last year about this. Who did? Norman Corwin. Did he? Yeah, he and a college professor uh, have their name together, and it just came out last year. It was in typical Norman Corwin style in that he said he would not accept the role of going around the world and doing these recordings unless he could just be turned loose, not be responsible to anyone, and just go as a tourist. Yep. And and talk with people as if 
he were a visitor, which is what he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And that's how he gathered his information. He wanted real people in his work, and, and it was just good stuff. Good stuff. There had, there had, Norman, in 1942, there was a height of England being in World War II. Norman, uh, and he talked about the John Dunning, went to England during the heights of war and wandered as uh, American ci- his observation of, of the English people and wrote, a, I think it was a six-week or eight-week series called American in England. And the first broadcast was from the BBC. And it's so funny, the opening scene is American on the phone saying, hello, hello, he was trying to make a call. The CBS engineer who didn't have the script, they yanked the show off the air. They had no idea that was the premise of the plot. Oh, my gosh. So, so America never heard it, but it was, it was dual broadcast over the BBC. And the BBC heard it and was done at 4 in the morning. He had the, the Royal Symphony Orchestra uh, and an American actor in an English stock company, Edward R. Moore, which was the head man who let Norman had free range and gave him his assistance. But Norman did it for a little while in England and then came back to uh, New York and di- did the whole series. And we have several of those out there uh, recording. Well, shame on CBS for not letting the tech know. Is <laughs> <laughs> that true? I mean, really, how yeah. awful <laughs> to, to have something like this set up and not let the technician know. Mm-hmm. I wonder where he was looking for work the following day. I probably was okay. I hope so. <laughs> I, I mean, what an awful thing. Unless, unless they told him and he forgot. Or, you know, what they did, they, they redid the whole show again the following week. Oh, gee. Um, I'm glad for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad for that. 714-545-2071 is our number. Give us a call. <laughs> Try that again. 714 714-545-2071. Call that rather than one seven zero two five four five four one seven. I don't think that will get you to us. I think you are in the process of waking up somebody in the middle of Siberia. Hello there. Hmm. If I call that number, you think I'll get somebody in Siberia? I don't know, but if you do, I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) I. Crossed you off my list temporarily. <laughs> Siberia is not a place I want to visit. Uh, oh has my a, goodness! Has a wild oil. Has a wild oil. Well, it's also got a lot of ice and snow. That's true. I'm not into ice and snow. No, they have reindeers. And snow leopards. And reindeer white chocolate. How do you know? Well, Santa told me. Get out. All right. Actually, they like peppermint. I know, what, I know what the current expression is. They like peppermint. Yeah, here's here's the current expression. This is du jour. Shut up. I thought that was old stuff. Oh, really? You yeah. Mean just catching up to last year? I think so. Uh, that's yeah. what they're saying now. What are they saying now? Instead of saying, you're kidding, they say, shut up. Ooh, hey, what did Patricia have? Is that a southern accent on that puppy? I don't think so. That's, I don't think so. That's an East Coast thing. I don't think so. No, I have to wait for Arlen to call in and find out what he's going to do. To well, we'll have to be. Children. We'll have to stay up. He'll get up at five in the morning Eastern time, so I guess we're for sure going to be up oh, in the air. My southern education. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what we've got tonight 
We've got chocolate as a theme, of mm-hmm. course. Do you like dark chocolate, milk chocolate, or white chocolate? I've never met anybody who really liked white chocolate. I love white chocolate. Do you? Yeah. Does it taste like chocolate? No. And why it, do they call it chocolate? Uh, I don't know. Well, that's your homework. I don't our, know. Our, our, I got to it first. I got I don't know. first. All right, well, I don't know. we play a show later. I'll look it up and see what goes yeah, into white. I don't know. I just put it in there because I know it, it's available. So we have trivia questions. I've got good trivia questions. And I've got useless but fun tidbits of information. We've got two shows, and one of them is a surprise. If we only get to play one show, the first one we play is going to be the surprise. That is true. And if you can guess what it is, we'll ring the bell for you. I don't have a bell. I've got a bell. (laughs) (laughs) Ralph, you've got the bells. We might need you later. Yeah, yeah. And my try to stump Walden question. That's just going to be able to be done. And first-time callers get some radio shows. If you've never called us before, we have, it's not really a bribe, it's a reward, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a reward. You get to pick out some radio shows, and I get to send them to you if you've never called us before. And then, if you want to answer a trivia question, then you can have even more shows. Now, I can throw a trivia question in. What? Let's see here. How about a musical trivia question? Okay. Let me set this up. Oh, by the way, P.S. Back up. Before you before you do that. There we go. I'm ready. Yes. What can I do? The, what you were playing just before you and I came on the air live uh-huh. was from a television show, I think, but I don't know which one. Do you? Yes, I do. What was it? Oh, that's going to be one. That would part of my trivia stuff for oh, tonight. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I'm glad I didn't know. Okay. Um, why don't we play... I have uh, I have a TV. Well, let me explain the background of this. And I think this would be fun for the callers to play. Last year for dinner, my brother... We, we eat as a family, as people may or may not know. We generally always do. And when my brother had the night off, we all eat as a foursome. Normally, we eat as a threesome. And my brother got, brother and I, of a generation who remember TV of the 60s and 70s. You know, for the reruns and watching it as a kid. And we got talking about the theme songs of the TV shows that we love. So we got on YouTube and start playing, play the song and guess what TV show. Oh, what fun. So that's what we're going to do tonight, everybody. Okay, and I can't play because I don't know what you're playing. Oh, well, I think you can play. No? I think you can I know. I think everybody should first get this one. This one is a gimme. If you don't know this one, I don't know what happened know to us. Songs, but I have this brain thing. I can't attach them to other stuff. Well, you're going to, if Patricia. Yes, Walden. You know I love you and adore you, and you're going to get this one. If not, I'll just say, oh, oh man. <laughs> Okay. All right, here's the first one. This is our gimme for the night. Okay. And Patricia can play. Okay. Here we go. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those, Those were, were the, the days. days. 
men were men. Mr. We could use a man like Hyman Hoover again. Didn't need no welfare state. Everybody pulled his weight. Cheer our old Lassell and great. Those were the days. Patricia? I know that one. Am I allowed to say? Yes, you are. Oh, that was all in the family. There you go. I get to still keep you. I'm glad. Oh, thank you. I'm not a duh, after no, all. No, no. So I thought that'd be fun to throw some famous TV song and see if the audience can figure out what they are. That would be great. So if you were asking, why don't we play the one that you were asking me about? Well, I want to I, I wanna say something about the, the all in the family. Yes. We have talked about cars at different times. Nobody has ever mentioned a LaSalle. And that's what they were talking. That's what they sang about. G.R. Old LaSalle ran great. That's right. Did you notice they even talked about radio, like your hip parade? That's right. Yeah. LaSalle. That always got me. This was live on tape. Huh? Live on tape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's like live on stage. Is there any other way? That's true. Uh, All right. Let's play the one that you were asking me about. You had good ears. Okay. You have good ears. So let's just fire this up, and here we go. Seven one four five four five two zero seven. When Patricia was acting about that song, I think I know it. All right, I'll let you guess. No, I'm not going to guess. You're not going to guess. Seven one four five four five two zero seven. When that theme song, where did it come from? I'm trustworthy. If if I if I say I don't know it, then I don't. And if I say I know it, I really do. Yes. Yes. Let somebody else say, and then I'll tell you what I think it is. Okay, 714-545-2071. We'll hold off the others just to make it simple. But uh, I would, I got thinking when we had Mary on the show, I said, oh, it should be good to play the theme song. So I went and got the CD, and I played the, the Walton theme song earlier. Hello, Dale, you're on the air. Hey. Han, how you doing? This is Kansas Beatle. The one and only. I figured it had to be you. How in the world are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. I have your lights ready for Christmas in July. I have them standing by. (laughs) (laughs) And the people across from me still have their lights up. 
have you given them my, my uh, brochure yet? <laughs> no, I don't have your brochure. Well, we'll have to fix that, won't we? Yes, we will. They like lights that much; they need to know me. I I know, I know, Tom. They need to, you, you need to get you need to get out and light the whole world. How are you doing, and how is Kansas faring in this awful weather system? Uh, we haven't had much bad weather. Oh, I'm glad. I'm very. And in the winter, when everyone was getting all those blizzards and feet and feet of snow, here I, I live right across from the courthouse. I could see the grass all winter long. Wow. Really unusual. I mean, everyone's getting pummeled with snow, and we had we had hardly any. So I guess you can say there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Yeah. No place like home. <laughs> um, tornadoes, rain. Um, you've been spared that stuff. Well, we got some rain the last couple of days, which is something the farmers were all pleased with. But we've not had we've not had tornadoes and all that. I'm glad. Okay, so you're all safe. Yeah, so far. I mean, tornado season starts here real soon. We haven't heard from you for a long time. It's good to hear from you. No, I've been listening, just not calling in. Your so, phone's really busy these days. I know. That. Well, last week the show was, but I'm glad you called. So what you been working on, Tom? Anything new with the ice cream exhibit? Anything you've been working on for the uh, for display here in the fall? Or spring or summer? Um... I've got a lot of things on the back burner. Okay. Um, I started our uh, city's uh, unofficial Christmas light display last Christmas. I don't know if you knew that or not. In it. <clears throat> so how are you going to get it to be official? You have to go down to the city hall and ask them to have the city the city council make it official? Yeah, and, and the reason I didn't do that is because if I had asked the city, they would have put it through committee and they would have made a decision on it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Word committee gives me hives. <laughs> just, I just did it. I, uh, <clears throat> I got you. permission from three different landowners to put to put Christmas lights all over their property. This is property adjacent to our city park, and I just lit it up and then uh, advertised it. And people came down and enjoyed it. And it really, really made a good impression. People really liked it. So I'm hoping this year I can get some donations together. And so, did you have to buy ad in the old paper that you work for? Uh, yeah, I just promoted things as okay. I could. I don't okay. remember radio okay. or something. I did radio ads for sure. Are you still doing? Um, are you still doing writing for the newspaper? No, I was never doing writing for the newspaper. You were doing, you were the doing cut lines. I was doing office work. I was, I was and proofreading and stuff. But I had it was a temporary assignment to uh, kind of get, kind of get the writers on back on path as far as using spell check and stuff, and then. Also, getting their website started. Their uh, their the newspaper went online for the first time, and I and I helped get that organized and going. And so I had an eight month assignment. That I We're doing some photography for it. Yeah, well, you know, I always do that just because I submit the pictures and they run them. So they don't have a photographer on staff, so it's you know whoever they submit. If you get decent pictures, they'll run them. And so I've had several pictures published. Which I don't get paid for, but you know it helps the town. Builds builds home pride. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're a good citizen. Yeah. Seriously, I'm I'm not That's being or anything. I just haven't been caught yet. <laughs> is that what it is? So as long as long as you're cruising under the radar, you're a good citizen. <laughs> Did you hear your buddy Shad call us last week? 
you know, I did, and I tried to record that thing. I hope you recorded it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I tried to record it, and my thing didn't work right. It didn't work. Uh, so I got the file, so we got to get it up there. Maybe we can... He did a great job. Oh, stuff. man. I had no idea Chad had it in him. You did okay. good, Chad. We're proud of you. Talk on the radio? Yeah. Huh? That was his first time call. Yeah, he oh. never called. He never. We've never heard the voice of Chad. You were the only one in the family who ever knew what Chad sounded like. Seriously? Oh, because Chad and I have gone out and. Yeah, I know. All kinds of things. I know. You guys. You guys gone out together, and we. None of us ever had the pleasure of. Everybody at the Cincinnati affair, the the convention, knew except us. Yes. And then he finally called, and he was a first time caller. Oh, that was, it was really neat. Right from the event? He did. He yeah. called uh, from Cincinnati, but the convention had been over with already. Oh. I hope he made. The, I hope he got the bus. Well, he was in the. Oh, I, I emailed him. Haven't heard back from him. And, okay. And, well, he was. He oh. was in the chat room the other night. Okay. So so he, I know he's back safely. He, made, he probably made the two, the Tuesday Symphony. Uh huh. He did. Oh, All right. Very good. Good. That was very good. So. So have you been staying out of trouble, sir? Oh, yeah. I don't have time to get in trouble. So you're still flying under the radar, so this is cool. That's right. <clears throat> My mom would be proud if she... If she knew that if you want... anybody, if I was behaving, they'd, they'd all give her a good report. So. That's good. <laughs> You've got everybody well-trained. <laughs> all right, you know what the question for tonight is, do you not? No, but I know it's the odd couple. Very good. Oh, see, I knew it. I knew You're it. You're very good. I remember watching those and reruns and everything back in the those 70s. Those reruns ran forever. Yes. And suddenly they disappeared. Yeah. I wish that. Oh, that was such a great show. Oh, Tony Randall. Yep. And Jack Klugman. Yep. Oh, gosh, it was so good. Yeah. Got to tell you, I really like. I gave up on TV a few years ago. And um, when I travel, I'll get, you know, a hotel and I get to watch TV again. And I find I, with rare exception, I pretty much don't miss it. Right. Um, this TV, you know, it's a lot more glitzy and a lot more action. Mm-hmm. But and a lot less quali- um, um, substance. A lot less substance. Yeah. Well, and it relies so much on, on, like comedies will rely a lot on bodily function humor instead yeah. of quality intellectual humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or even basic uh, slapstick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I don't know, it's just uh, people have forgotten that comedy can be clean. It can be purely clean. Agreed. You know, even the Disney movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Agree a thousand percent. So it's, uh, it's disappointing to me, but <clears throat> oh well. I'm just getting to be a crotchety old man. I <laughs> Curmudgeon, you're a curmudgeon. Yeah. You fit well with us. <laughs> we, we, this is the curmudgeon station. <laughs> Yesterday, USA curmudgeon. We, we think TV and radio can do better. That's why we're on. And uh, indeed, they can. Yes. I mean, I'm with Tom. I've, mm-hmm. I've said this at different times. In today's comedy, and this is a broad brush generalization, there are some that, of course, are exceptions, but what has happened, what has evolved is loud is better, and the loudest is funny, and people taking shots, pot shots, at other people is being excused or passed off as humor, 
and I think they're missing the boat.